This is the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast for the aspiring and hungry entrepreneur. Hey everybody, Sean Campbell, the Sean Campbell Show, a podcast by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, episode 101. I got two-time guest, Mr. Paul Hotman. How you doing, Paul? Great. That's it? <laughs> is, there, is there more than great? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have the two most prepared people for my podcasts were you and Liz Hernandez, both artists. You're the only two ever to send me emails with an outline of what the podcast is going to entail. Now, what does that say about artists? Um, they need a job. I, <laughs> they have too much time on their they hands. Have too I can't. Much time. I don't know how to answer that. Control freak? No. <laughs> it's it's about. Uh, I would say it's about predicting outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What did you get a chance to listen to the podcast with Liz? Absolutely. Phenomenal, huh? She's on fire. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, We're going to meet. Yeah. Did, did, did I forward your information? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. The two of you are going to have to set aside probably two or three hours because, uh, I mean, she, she's absolutely phenomenal. She's, uh, her and I, have, we, did, we did well over an hour, as I'm sure you and I are going to do right now. Okay. And it's going to seem like it's going to be 10, 12 minutes. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, uh, it was funny because when I got your email this morning regarding the podcast, I'm like, just like Liz, the only two artists that I've had on my podcast send me this, you know. And I'm not complaining. This is good because otherwise I'm just going to shoot from the hip and produce a nice podcast. Sure. But we got a little direction, a little direction. I like it. I like it. Well, it's a, uh, I guess the opportunity really to be with you and uh, express yeah. my myself would be... Uh, just like Liz, it's yeah. a full, it's a full resume. Right. I cleaned it up, of yeah. course, but you know. I, I mean, hope so. <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the guests, but <laughs> I don't want any police officers hitting up, you know up on the wall saying, "Yeah, you can't be talking about that in today's podcast." Well, I'm, I left that state. The, so. the, there's there's a there's a check mark uh, whether it's a family friendly podcast or not. Ah. So let's keep this family friendly, Mr. Hobbs. Very very, <laughs> very, very good. Do you, do you have a different email list to go over besides this one? Or is it, would this still do? I think this will work. This will work. This will work. So tell us about yourself. I know I know a lot about you. Tell my audience. Tell my audience about Paul Hotman, the artist. Hey, gee, I, you know, it started off, I was born at a very early age. and um, We all were at a very early really? age. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the only one. <laughs> so, uh Grew up really in the Midwest. Um, I'm the oldest of twelve wow. children, wow. Ten, ten boys. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was entertaining. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. We actually, my first experience in traveling. Well, actually, it wasn't my first, but how we wound up traveling was buying a, a, a big van. Mm-hmm. So fourteen people in the van. Wow. Going places. What was the age difference between yourself and the youngest? 17 years. 17 years. One set of twins. Wow. Wow. And were the set of twins two boys as well? 
No, it was, it was the first girl. She was number seven. Of course, we all have mm-hmm. numbers, right? Yeah. And number eight was a boy. Yeah. You're number one, of course. I get to be the oldest. Now, you're, what, six, three, six, four? Yeah, six, three. Did it go from tallest to shortest eventually, too? or No. <laughs> no, both of my parents were tall. And, wow. and uh, I think the tallest one here is uh, six, five. Oh, okay. So the, the runt in the family... The quote-unquote runt. Uh, maybe 5'10", he's oh, wow. a boy. The girls were tall. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. What the obvious question now, basketball, volleyball, any athletics? Uh, me, I uh, I skipped it outside of Sandlot football. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like football. Yeah. But I wound up, you know, getting a, uh, yeah. starting off with a paper route, yeah. and then it progressed to, uh, I worked in a bakery. Uh-huh. So I'd get up at 3 in the morning, I'd run to work about a mile away, wow. and I worked from 4 to 8, wow. then went to school, yeah. and on weekends I'd come in I, Friday night, Saturday morning at midnight, and I'd work till 8. So I was six days a week. Where did the work ethic come from, your parents? Oh, my father. Yeah. And my mother uh, came a farm, farm background. Uh-huh. My dad, um, he was just... A large man, larger than I was. Wow. And uh, worked for Illinois Bell uh-huh. for 44 years. Wow. Lineman, cable splicer. Wow. And worked. And <clears throat> if you can imagine trying to feed 12 kids. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Um, so, I mean, you're obviously, you know, a phenomenal artist. Now, I can't say that strongly enough, but were each one of your siblings a little... Were there other artists that, you know, with other passions? I mean, what, you know, how, how did your your talent kind of, you know, come to the surface to the top? Um, like my dad at work. Yeah. yeah. Blue-collar worker. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the big decision... Mm-hmm. How I how it occurred for me was I'm now getting ready to graduate high school and he said okay and I applied for colleges I got accepted and one day he turned to me and it was a it was a literally a twelve second conversation hmm. okay have you made up your mind are you going to college or are you going to art school <laughs> now at how, least you had my dad said you're going to college it wasn't a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I give them a lot of credit, over, you know, and you don't yeah, know that yeah. until you're right. long out of the house right. and, you know, right. start to mature as an adult. And that took me a little long time. You and I both. So, uh, <laughs> and then you realize that was a gift. Right. So, yeah. um, and I was good at art, but mm-hmm. good. And mostly I, I got A's, mm-hmm. but that's just being kind to a teacher mm-hmm. at that point. Right. Um, right. So he, he said, what are you going to be? And I said, I'll go to art school. Yeah. So I went, wound up uh, going to the American Academy of Art. Wow. Was in Chicago, which wow. at that time was the rated the third best. Chicago. Um, right in the heart of that Chicago. That a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there, Sean. I've been there twice. Paul, beautiful city. Yeah. I mean, anybody that grew up in Chicago, I mean, that's... Huge to me, it's a huge advantage. Huge advantage. I mean, just the. the, the I mean, how was it in Chicago? What what 
era was this in Chicago? I mean, what year was this? And I don't think I'm trying to like, you know, age you or anything, but I mean, when was this in Chicago? I mean, well, I started in uh, 1968. Yeah. Going to, right after high school. Was it as phenomenal then as it is now, the city of Chicago? It's better. Better? Yeah. Wow. Why is that? Less crime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there a better place to eat in the world than Chicago? Never. No. Uh, well, people claim New York, but that's because right. they're from New York. Right. But Chicago? Oh, yeah. my gosh. They've got all the different neighborhoods. Yeah. The Italians. I mean, it just goes yeah. on and on yeah. and on. Yeah. And on. Yeah. Just the passion of the people there. Right. I mean, it's unmatched. It's unparalleled. You could tell people from Chicago and that are here in Tucson because they get stuff done. You know what I mean? They bring that mentality and they're just leaders in this town. It's Midwest culture and yeah. a lot of um, yeah. mine and others. I mean, it was surrounded basically by farms. Right. So it was a, you know, a blue collar working yeah. environment. Yeah. Um, heavy, heavy and Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, from someone from the Midwest and with experience, your experience in Chicago, do you see the difference in work ethic here than what you grew up with? Uh, fortunately, um, just for my, I don't know, demeanor, yeah. is the fact that there's a lot of people that have that work ethic here in Tucson because yeah. they come from ranch family, yeah. and it's generational. Yeah. So, and um, uh, it really, it yeah. works for me, period. See, for, for me, I see it. When yeah. you and I first met, I, I knew you weren't from here. I knew you weren't from our first conversation. And it was just because we talked a little bit about our past. But you have a different mentality than most people, especially the people that are from this area. I'm not really putting my neck out on line. I've said that I've been, you know, saying this forever. But, I mean, you're on Tucson time. You're basic. You showed up 15 minutes early for our podcast today, <laughs> which is standard for you. Right. You know, um, which I... I you know, I fully expect it. You know, you're always early on time, you know, and it's like, I mean, I had an appointment yesterday. I never showed up. No call, no show. Mm. And he's wrong. You know what I mean? It's just a different mentality, you know? So, man, I know we're kind of getting a little off script here, but um, from, from your uh, time in Chicago and, and the art school, I mean, how did, how did you find Scratchboard? So, American Academy of Art, it doesn't matter what level of artist you are, whether you're a professional or a beginner like myself. And I say beginner because going from high school to now a formal education. Mm-hmm. And uh, American Academy of Art, it was uh, a number of the teachers were professors or let's call it um, their craft was mm-hmm. learned and they're from Europe. So these are masters. Uh-huh. So this was uh, rated at that t- particular time the third best in the country. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed enough to mm-hmm. attend. So you started with fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So that means nine months. Every month you had a different discipline. You started with vine charcoal. Oh, wow. And then you started to do um, still lifes in charcoal. And then uh-huh. you moved to temper, what we call temper paints. Uh-huh. And then it was watercolor. Mm-hmm. And the seventh month um, was I had training 20 days in Scratchboard. Oh, wow. And Scratchboard, the, the, 
the premise of Scratchboard, or the, let's call it the structure, it's a board on the bottom, mm -hmm. ink on top, mm -hmm. clay in the middle. Mm -hmm. So if you think Oreo cookie huh. and take a needle mm -hmm. and you scratch the surface, mm -hmm. you take off the black ink, mm -hmm. and at the same time you leave a divot in the clay. And we're talking about microscopic, very, very, very thin. So it would be the effect, same effect if you took your fingernail across a piece of chalk mm -hmm. and you made a divot. Mm -hmm. So you complete that, and A, you can leave it all black and white. So when I would, the, I had the board. Mm -hmm. The board was in, imported from Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the oldest, uh, I, it's not the oldest, but it was the most prolific scratch board at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I used a sewing needle, and you tape wow. that to a pencil. Wow. So I literally scratched the board. Right. Um, and then I would go through that in black and white, and then I progressed with that. Mm -hmm. So that's when I hit. Mm -hmm. And I could do other art, but in the in the scope of the academy, mm -hmm. with all of the students, some are professionals. Mm -hmm. I was pretty mediocre, but scratchboard I excelled. Wow! So I've been doing it for almost now. In April, will be fifty-two years. So this is your sixth decade, really, of doing scratchboard. Yes. Wow. Yep. Here's one of the biggest questions I've ever asked anybody in any podcast: Is there anyone better in the world than at what you do? Absolutely. There are, there's an international society of scratchboard artists, uh -huh. um, which recently was here at the Desert Museum, mm -hmm. a show, and that, uh, for three months, mm -hmm. and then, and five years ago it was here. So every year it's held in a different state or a different country. Mm -hmm. um, next year it's going to be in Niagara Falls. Wow. Um, previous years it's been in Australia. Yeah. So, Yes, there is a classification where it's master. Mm. So there are about 17 masters in the world. Mm. Um, and who gets to judge the people's work as they move up in talent and therefore they're assigned different names. Like I'm a, mm. I'm a particular, uh, there's four different grades and I fall just below master. Wow. I've actually submitted my work, and I missed it. The set, the um, I'll just say I missed the qualification for master by about seven percent, uh, and it's judged by three different judges, uh, all masters. Uh, I know them. Uh, I've taken classes from them. Send them in fruit baskets or something, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul showed up with your second in two weeks, a bag of grapefruit from his backyard. Unbelievable grapefruit. You got to send, start sending some of these grapefruits to these judges, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got some coaching around it, and I can apply for it again next year if I yeah. want to. Yeah. So, you know, now that I've got criteria. Team in the world. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yep, yep. So if anybody's ever watched any of my videos on Facebook or YouTube and you see the piece behind me, that's one of Paul's pieces behind me in, in the video. So people always ask about that. People always ask about that. Yeah. So, it's your favorite wolf. It's my favorite wolf. It is, absolutely. It's 
Yeah, not just because he's the only wolf I know, but it's my favorite wolf of all time. You know, it's funny, and um, I use I use this. Uh, I found out that according to your sign, mm-hmm. everybody's got a sign yeah. when you were born, etc. So you favor certain colors, certain minerals, certain animals, and I find it mostly to be true. Mm-hmm. So um, as a gift yeah. of appreciation. Yeah. Um, I find that is a very appropriate, yeah, because it gets personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few weeks ago, you uh, you uh, gave my daughters their pieces, and they were blown away. They were blown away. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So uh, let's see where are we at on, on, on your list here. We've been kind of. Uh... So I spent after school. Um, I thought. Oh, just be an artist, mm-hmm. and then I then I forgot the part about well, you got to get a job and then eat. <laughs> so I spent the next forty years basically in graphics. Mm-hmm. So um, art director, uh, I've worked for a number of different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I've worked for an agency. Uh, I've done um, production. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran a couple of plants, and then I uh, the last. Uh, full-term job. I, I once held up my res, a resume, which is a three-page resume to a um, prospective mm-hmm. employer, mm-hmm. and I handed it to him, and he looked at it, and he goes, and it's three pages long, and I've had like 12 jobs. Uh-huh. He said, what, you can't hold a job? <laughs> I said, no, I learned it, and it kept moving, uh-huh. because it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it added to my resume mm-hmm. for experience. And then I spent 24 and a half years in sales. So I would, in Chicago, I'd walk up and down and talk to the agencies and manufacturers alike. Um, And I had the background from concept all the way through production, and it's in a box, Uh printed, Uh done. Uh So with that, that was a huge advantage, and I gained national accounts. It was was pretty exciting. How much of your experience has really helped you today as, you know, the, uh, as an entrepreneur, small business owner of Paul Hotman, the artist? Well, great question. Um, knowing a production, uh, the production background like I have, mm-hmm. and I still keep up with the, the newest, latest technology. Yeah. Um, I work with the best suppliers in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, mm-hmm. certainly, but I... I print in different areas, uh-huh. all the way from when I produce a scratchboard piece, a final piece. I have it digitally scanned, mm-hmm. iRes, and I then have suppliers that could produce it in different mediums. So it could be on plastic, it's paper, it's metallic paper, mm-hmm. it's canvas, it's metal, all the way up. Uh, as large as the press or the finishing will take it. Yeah. And then I take and frame some. And I uh, currently, um, I started in 2008 taking my work out to the public and have had shows, um, outdoor shows. Mm-hmm. So I've done over 220 shows in mm-hmm. nine states. Mm-hmm. Um, for a number of years, mm-hmm. and um, so 
that way I get input. What do people like? Right. My my genre is animals primarily. Mm -hmm. That's not all I've done, but that's where I favor. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I do requested commissions, horses, and mm -hmm. now with COVID, yeah, most people have pets. You know, yeah. the pet shelters went empty. Right. Figure they're getting a a, a, um, a pet for their yeah. child. Yeah. Yeah. When at these shows, I'm sure you've met a lot of aspiring artists. Yes. So, what are some pieces of advice that you would give somebody that wants to, whether it's in Scratchboard or another medium, I and mean, what are some things that you would give to kind of point them in the right direction? That's good. Um, so it's really identifying your passion. If you you like art, great. Mm -hmm. um, what style do you like? Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is, just like myself, mm -hmm. uh, what was really good was I was just in an inquiry. Mm -hmm. I try something a little, I try, I start talking to people that were artists. I walk into galleries. Mm -hmm. I talk to gallery owners. Um, I go to street fairs. Um, you know, with the advent now of all the, you know, we didn't have, I never had a MacBook <laughs> when I started my inquiry. Right. You know, I knew they existed and I knew how to use a few basic tools, but now it's blown up and you can see any kind of work all from around the world. Yeah. And the, the amount of media that is labeled as art is phenomenal. Anywhere from somebody took a photograph of a banana <laughs> and sold for thousands of dollars. Yeah. I, I don't. I never got the thing about a banana, but you know. Well, well it was it was appealing. No, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> I'll never use that line. That's all yours. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I started Scratchboard as personal gift, wedding gifts. Mm -hmm. Oldest of twelve, so I had my you yeah. know, I had yeah. an audience already yeah. groomed, um, and that really helped me develop my skills. Um, you know, I would I would also think how like being an inquiry. Do you want to monetize your art? Do you want to just keep it personal? Mm -hmm. Or you know, now with social media, you can do demos, you can do shows. Personal gifts is the starting point for me. That would be great. Yeah, and with the, you know, the social media the way it is, you can join or create your own tribe. Right, right. So, right. I, you know, and what would that look like? I, you know, I don't know. I chose Scratchboard. Yeah, I have capabilities to do other art, mm -hmm. uh, pencil and chalk. I favor it because it's yeah. quick. Yeah, it keeps me loose. Yeah, um, and you know, do a pet portrait for somebody. Yeah. You said something that when you first started to answer this last question was, you know, find your passion. Yes. I read an article this week where, and I agree with you. I'm going to preface this next, you know, question. I agree with you that you need to find your passion. But the article actually said that finding your passion was like, like the wrong thing you should do. Because then you lose some of your ability to focus on the business itself. You fall too deep into the passion. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I totally see it because then you get blinders on, right? And you just go right. off, yeah. Know, and then you may come out of it, yeah. And you come back out and go, well, I thought that was it, yeah. 
you know, one thing that you do to kind of keep your blinders off is that I don't think I've, there's very few people that I've met who is as inquisitive as you mm-hmm. and sit down and meet with, with people as much as you do to mm-hmm. kind of learn their specialty and how you can apply it to your business. True. Um, did you realize that about yourself, Paul? I, I've never had somebody <laughs> say that. I'm going to hang around with you more often. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm an observant person. You know, probably one of the, what impacted me is I took a, a personal course. And it's a simple statement. If not now, when? Right. Right. So you're how old you are. And, you know, if not, when? You know, yeah. and it's always, it's the fear of you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, that that travels with me. In right. other words, how, how do I break out of that? Right. If you're, you're not blonde enough, you're not tall enough, you're not smart enough, yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just keep in that conversation, and then what happens is, you know, it it's like peeling stud. Right. Eventually, the card comes up and go, hey, I think I'll take and run with that for a while. Right. And then the next one, and then, you know, and the whole time, um, after I left the term printing industry and mm-hmm. production and all what I've done for forty years, mm-hmm. what was left was. Really, what I wanted to do was my art. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and it it was as big as a school bus, mm-hmm. and I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. always be stay curious yeah. in the inquiry, and even with my art now, yeah. I'm trying different methods. Yeah. Um, I'm in contact with other artists. I ask them how they do that. Mm-hmm. I incorporate other techniques from other illustrators, artists, mm-hmm. and incorporate into the artist's scratch board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after it just keeps, I get more appreciation and more personal gratification, I would say. That would be a personal gratification. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my work now, and it's light years on my progress has been. Mm-hmm. And I've won lots of awards and yeah. best of shows and yeah. ribbons and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's in a shoebox. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like an eighty-year-old musician mm-hmm. practicing the piano right. yeah. because I want to get better. Yeah, yeah. The game never ends. Never, no. So this is you did come in with grapefruit. I appreciate that, but it's probably the first time you've never you haven't come in with a new book for me. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Paul and I have this little, it's like an unspoken tradition where every time he comes in, he has a book for me and I and I grab a book from behind me and we kind of swap books. Right. What are you reading now and what, 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 what what's the best book you've read so far in 2021? Um, beyond a doubt. Am I looking at it right now? You are. It's called Moonshots. And... Um, Creating a World of Abundance by Naveen, and I'll spell the last name, J-A-I-N. And the the foreword's by Sir Richard Branson. Uh So I've highlighted three things, actually four, now that I count all the bullet points. It is... With the 
let's call it the new economy, uh-huh. etc. There's a there's a burst of entrepreneurs occurring. Yeah. You know, before it was, you know, it's guys still in their pajama bottoms on their laptops, <laughs> creating businesses, creating relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, the entrepreneur, that's that's what's here and it's right. coming and it's a snowball and it's not stopping. Yeah, I saw it, something it, where... Whether COVID, yeah. how it continues yeah. or whatever, it yeah. may never end, yeah. it, but this is starting a wave of entrepreneurs. Right. Un, uh, untold, never happened before at this volume. Yeah. Yeah. I saw something where like in five years, 60% of the population will be working from home for themselves in some capacity. Right. Is that kind of along the lines of this book? Oh, well, it takes it further. Wow. It goes out to 2050. Oh, jeez. Okay. Here are some of the, I, I, you know, there's many, many I can go on. And, yeah. you know, I'll wind up reading the book to you all, but um, <laughs> curing healthcare. Oh, wow. So can you imagine that dementia wow. is grossly, I mean, it just, it's a whisper. Yeah. Autism yeah. might not exist. Wow. Um, everybody knows, not everybody, what's currently happening when you're playing, when the big boys play, mm-hmm. there's a race to the moon. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, I haven't thought about it. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Elon Musk, he's to, doing all these to, rockets. To colonize the moon? No. Bring back moon rocks. Oh. You had to colonize because they'll have a station up there. Yeah. And it will mine moon rocks. Wow. The beauty of that, they've tested it already. They've proven it out. Mm-hmm. It will eliminate or negate oil, the use of oil, coal, and nuclear. Wow. They have their the moon rocks have minerals in them. Mm-hmm. No waste. Oh well. Wow. And by 2050, it is going to negate all of that. Wow. The third thing is predicts that the U.S. will be third in the world. Jeez. So we're going to move up. Well, the United States will never have the status. Wow. It'll yeah. be third. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And all of this is going to happen by 2050. Now, I might not make it to 50, but I will see a lot. And now my, I hope I do. my children yeah. will. And yeah. now my grandchildren will be the benefits of all of this. Right. It's, it's huge. Right. Anyway, this book is, I can't recommend it high enough. Yeah. Um, you could buy it I, on I, Amazon for yeah. $27. Yeah. I've listened to uh, Atomic Habits. Yes. Have you read that? Absolutely. Whew. I could not put it, I, I couldn't take it out of my ears. I, I listened to the whole thing on Sunday. Did you really? Yeah. On an ebook. Yeah. On an audio book. Yeah. Yep. On an yeah. ebook. I, I couldn't turn it off. It was a phenomenal book. Yep. It kind of reinforced some of the habits that I have that I thought were quirky. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, that's the reason why I do this. This is the reason why I've been able to stick to this habit. And the biggest takeaway and to embrace the process of everything. You know, it's the reason why so many of us don't reach our goals because we're so 
you know, it's all or nothing with our goals that we kind of forget the process of it. That's kind of the journey. That's the real reward, reaching a goal. Right. You know, and it, it, it really just kind of cleared up a lot of the fuzziness I had on some of the goals that I have. And it kind of re, and also told me that the way I'm thinking about stuff is the right way. And I shouldn't apologize for it because we're so backwards in the way we think about when we're trying to accomplish something, you know. So th- for those who have not tuned in recently, I've been in the middle of my 75 days without no alcohol and more importantly, no Starbucks. <laughs> this is day 40 of that. And a lot of the principles and atomic habits reinforce some of the quirky little mind games that I've been playing myself to stay on track, you know, little the little, ha- little the little cues in front that that place in front of myself to kind of remind myself I need to do this, need to do this, and stay away from other things. So it was it was phenomenal, phenomenal book, phenomenal. So, but I have it on audio, so I I, I could send you. Do you listen to audio books? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you already read it, so. Yeah, I read it. Yeah. But I'd read it again yeah. after reading this book. Yeah. And this will be. This is yeah. almost like. You know, a Bible, right? And yeah. At least it's it's a the the next book I have in line is one that Liz brought me uh, last week. Liz mm-hmm. Hernandez, the practice of Seth Godin. That's this is my next. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So I have to get to decide which book I want to give you to borrow. Do you, <laughs> do you like Bruce Buffer? You know what? I'm backed up on books right now. Are you? Okay. Yeah, we'll meet again here yeah. in about two weeks. Bruce Buffer, it's time. Okay. It, it, it's kind of quirky, but it's a fun read. Very good. <laughs> so most people know you as a scratchboard illustrator, but, you know, as you travel through your shows, I mean, you've really are not just Paul Hotman, the artist, but you've established Scratchboard University. So tell us more about that. So with all my travels, um, all kinds of people come into the booth and I meet a lot of art teachers that are, you know, art teachers gravitate and come in and ooh, and ah, this is great and doing that. Mm-hmm. What is what is scratchboard and da, da, da. <clears throat> So what I find is that in the United States in the public school system there's an absence in the fourth grade of art and music. Yeah. It's a crime. Yeah. So people behind the blue curtain, as I say, according to Wizard of Oz, are making decisions for my grandkids. Mm. It's unacceptable. Yeah. So rather than get in line and complain or hold the committee and, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do that. I started Scratchboard University. Yeah. So I, in 2017, um, the name is now got a registered R. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken and made a kit. So it's literally the kit has all the tools, the boards. Uh, it's got an instructional 16 panel pamphlet where you can take and read it. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, it comes with videos. So literally, you can sit at your kitchen table in your pajamas, mm-hmm. all the materials, Pull up the videos and create your own art. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, this is this is really my future goal because yeah. eventually, 
my hands and eyes won't be as good, mm-hmm. but I still have all that back knowledge, right. just like a lot of musicians, artists, right. they've got right. the knowledge, and now it's teaching the generations. Yeah. Uh, it's with, with the COVID, you know, they're at home with mom or dad or babysitter or whatever, and they're, it's lagging uh, behind the amount of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I'm sure things are going to get back to somewhat the same, mm-hmm. but they'll never be the same. Right. And the advent of now video learning yeah. is prolific. I mean, yeah. it's just... You could learn anything online. On, you know, the two phenomenal resources you have, SpashboardUniversity.com and your YouTube channel, provide a ton of phenomenal video produced by our buddy Danny McPadden. Yep. Yeah, phenomenal videographer. Yep, yep. I'm up to... um, yeah, I'm up to over fifty videos now. Yeah, and the video, really you know, once good you, videos. Once you purchase the kit, yeah. which you know it's COVID, so I reduced the price, so yeah. it's twenty four ninety five. Yeah, and all the videos are free. Yeah, so yeah. I learned a while ago reading business books, etc., and watching more than reading the books is I'm watching different companies. Mm-hmm. They give it away. Yeah, you give it away. You give it away. Yeah, and therefore. Uh, it's value, and, right. you know, with all Tremendous of value. and all of the expense of a household and family and all of that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. The best I can do now is be grateful for the years that I've spent as a craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of joy and satisfaction to brings personal art into your home and to have it appreciated. It's just a give back. And yeah. Um, yeah. as a matter of fact, my wife asked um, this past weekend, what is your one goal? What's one thing that you want to accomplish in in this year, 2021? Mm-hmm. Right, I just, well, you're doing it now. You're on my podcast. <laughs> I love you, Sean. <laughs> so my goal, I answered it, and it came right out of my mouth is, I want to become a non-for-profit such that um, I can gather people around the university as yourself, Sean, Mm -hmm. social media. I need a social media guy. Mm -hmm. I need a, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of those suppliers, Mm -hmm. but what I, I'm still lacking a board of directors. Mm -hmm. So people who are devoted to art education, Mm -hmm. I'd say music, but you don't want to say, you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> um, but that's next. I mean, yeah. somebody's got to yeah. pick this thing up yeah. and start getting involved. Yeah. Just, just my thoughts anyway. Yeah. But that's my goal yeah. for this year. Yeah, you mentioned a lot about you know giving back right now. Do you support any charities? I do, and I have for a long time. Yeah. Um, the first one, um, my wife and I were in the Chicago area in a suburb, and. Um, it came out of the question, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. Um, we met with a couple. Uh, I met with a priest first, and I wanted to become more involved with uh, the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, he, they had a club uh, after school club with about 16 kids in it. 
uh, mixed races. Um, and uh, one day we're trying to figure out how to float this thing because outside of just personal donations, mm. um, that was going nowhere fast. And so we met with the uh, leadership of the Boys and Girls Club mm. and officially we founded a Boys and Girls Club. Oh, wow. So wow. my wife, Pam, was the first president. I was the second. Wow. And um, ever since then, that, you know, it started with 16 kids and it's, I, you know, I, I lost count yeah. after I called up and, you know, I moved <laughs> out of that area. So yeah. probably seven to 8,000 kids right now. Wow. Wow. I mean, Michael Jordan came from Boys and Girls Clubs. Wow. So, um the second one is Friends of Western Art here in Tucson. Mm. Yeah, the is a not-for-profit, and they support and provide school supplies, art supplies, for about 30 schools, mm. as long as it's Western art. So if you do a ladybug, it's Western art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they've been great. I've gone into schools, um, fourth grade. Mm. Uh, I've done a... Uh, class on scratch board for 80 kids, mm -hmm. uh, 60, mm -hmm. um, three of the children were on stage getting a, an award from Mayor Rothschild wow. for their accomplishments. Wow. I mean, just, yeah. uh, that's been great. Mm -hmm. um, and now, um, recently, the last couple of years, I'm on the board for Treasures for Teachers. Mm -hmm. And it's an organization that uh, supports Teachers, the average teacher here in Arizona spends well over a thousand dollars on their personal because they don't have enough supplies. Yeah, you know, and so um, we collect used. It might be people are retiring from uh, the their crafts, the sewing clubs, um, art supplies, mm -hmm. and they donate. Um, oftentimes, we've got. I deal with a, a printing facility here, Arizona lithographers, wow. well known in the city of Tucson. They've donated skids of paper. Um, so every teacher that comes in gets a ream of paper. You can't, wow. can't, I yeah. mean, yeah. and pencils. And we'll have a drive here in August when school starts again, or is going to start soon for school supplies. Um, Ed Ackerley, yeah. who is a, um, known figure here, mm -hmm. respectable in Tucson, mm -hmm. um, has enrolled um, organization Sparkle Cleaners. Mm -hmm. Sparkle sets up a box in their foyer as you walk in with your cleaning mm -hmm. um, to donate school supplies. Oh, wow. So yeah. best thing to do is treasures for the letter for teachers. Um, and it's a non-for-profit Go to the website, and uh, they've got a list of supplies that they need. We also have a golf outing coming up here in November, November 6th this year. It'll be our third at the Omni Tucson National, mm -hmm. and that's our big fundraiser. Yeah. So it's yeah. support. There are 6,000 teachers here in Tucson, wow. and we have enrollment about, and it floats in between four and and um, 500, yeah. four and 500, yeah. phenomenal organization. Yeah. I can't speak highly enough. Yeah. It's a give back program. Yeah. 
So those are my three, and I donate to many more because people look at it and say, oh, you know, I got an auction coming. I really love your art. <laughs> those are the three that are stated on my website at paulhopman.com. Awesome. Before we go, there's always three things that I, uh, a couple things that I ask my, my, my guests, right? We already talked about books, and I normally ask, you know, what are the three books that but we already kind of skinned on that a little bit. Yep. So if there were three people um, in, in the past or present tense that you have never met that you could have dinner tonight with, who would those three people be? Wow, you know, I know you had this. I forgot you were going to ask this question. Uh, you thought wow. you were prepared. No one's ever fully prepared for the show, Paul. No one's ever prepared. Yeah. That was a perfect response, too. Yeah. I'm doing a little dance. You can't tell that I'm kind of dancing that I stumped Paul. It's <laughs> the first time I've ever stumped you on anything. Anything. So. Uh, boy, and I wouldn't go with my craft. I would go with somebody who is what's the name of the book I gave you, Sean? Uh, back uh, about a year ago. Wow, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. What was the problem? The man who was locked up in a Nazi prison. Oh, uh, We can look it up here. We're cheating. We're cheating. We're cheating. I tell you, the first person, the first one I would want to do is the author of Moonshots, Naveen, J-A-I-N. That would be number one. Was it the boy who dared? Nope. Mm. Man searching for meaning. Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel. That is, I've read his books. Yeah. Absolutely an amazing man. Yeah. 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 So that'd be one. Number two is the author of Moonshots. Yep. One more. I think that one more person would be, I'm currently taking his course right now, hmm. which is ongoing. Mm -hmm. And I, um, my wife is, uh, very involved with the organization. Um, and a matter of fact, in a week and a half, I go up for another hmm. session with him. His name is Michael Burnoff. Hmm. And he is an extremely, um, he's got a book that it's average sucks is the book. <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he's a linguist and he, it's amazing. You, it's hard to keep up with him because his thoughts are so, um, Direct, like right into your chest, mm -hmm. um, and right to the point. But Michael Burnoff is an extraordinary human being. I see him, I take his courses, but actually to spend mm -hmm. uh, time with him, yeah. he does. He spends time with people, huh. and I could never in a year I could never afford his fee for <laughs> one hour. Yeah, but yeah. he's an extraordinary human being. Wow, wow, that's very insightful. Very insightful. I would have not guessed. Maybe the Moonshot Software. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. th this yeah. this book 
if the one book you, it would take you a year to read it and understand it and yeah. be on board with some of what's going to happen. You'd seek out the people that are in his book or the organizations, and yeah. we w- would want to be part of the team. Wow. Amazing. Okay. How can somebody get a hold of you, Paul? Uh, it's pretty simple. It's Paul Hotman at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Website is paulhotman.com. Yeah, or Scratchboard University. Or ScratchboardUniversity.com. Mr. Hotman, we'll have to do this for episode 201. I, you're, you're episode 101. <laughs> I'm going to have to read more books. <laughs> I can't be caught, be caught like that again. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Outstanding. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, if you want to do what you want to do, you got to do what you got to do. Thank you for Thank you for listening to The Sean Campbell Show. Follow us on Instagram at The Sean Campbell Show.